Good morning. How are we doing? Should we clear the room of the big matzo ball? He's coming up later in the service at the end, so you might as well get out of the room right now. So, Yes, the Oilers got beat 9-5. to five. I'll say it. I'm big enough for that. Uh, sorry, Colson. Painful, isn't it, my bud? All right, that's out of the way. Now we can get on to the more serious things of life. Uh, our fearless leader, Pastor Scott. I'm sure you're online there. Good morning. I hope you're doing well. He's a little sick this morning. Uh, in fact, he uh, was croaking early in the week, and we figured um, we should uh, pull the plug from him speaking this morning, so we didn't want to have what he's got. So he's hanging out at home. And uh, so I don't know if I drew the short straw or the long straw. I'm not sure what it is, but you've got me this morning. And uh, I typically have a lot longer to prepare for these messages. So uh, Tuesday, at some point, Aaron and I are talking, and he got to go to the Flames game last night, and he was out till whatever time or this morning, so that was his excuse. So I said, okay, I'll, I'll preach. And uh, so I began praying about, God, what am I to share this morning? And I, I'm at my desk, and my daughter gave me a little organizer, office organizer, or I don't know, if, like, what do you call it? But it, on it has a spot for a picture. And I've been putting uh, verses of Scripture in there uh, to, you know, regularly, I don't know about weekly, but pretty regularly, I change it up. And this, this, this week was Isaiah 55, 8 and 9. And I thought, you know what? That's, that's really good stuff. You know what Isaiah 55 says? It says, my thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you can imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts, says the Lord. That's pretty good for us to remember, isn't it? It is. And I I thought about these verses, and I thought, hmm, where did this come from? Isaiah. What was he, why was he saying this and sharing this? And as you look at Isaiah, he is... um, a prophet uh, of Judah. And when you look at uh, the book of Isaiah, and I did a little digging again, researching this little verse or these verses, realize the first part of Isaiah, he preaches from about, or he speaks on those first about 39 chapters, and he's, um, he's, he's, he's warning the, the people of Judah. The message of warning. And then the, the second part, chapters about 40 to 66, um, is a message of comfort and hope. And of course, when you go to Isaiah, we have um, the, the most famous verse and prophecy in Scripture in some ways from Isaiah 53 that prophesies the Messiah. Uh, 53 verse 5, But he was pierced for our uh, rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we could be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. And we see these messages of hope all through this next section of Scripture. And of course, in chapter 55, Isaiah is giving us hope in this message of who God is. These verses remind Judah and us today that God is so much bigger and knows and understands far beyond what we can comprehend and understand. My thoughts 
are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. What are your thoughts? What are my thoughts these days? They're nothing, nothing like God's. His thoughts are nothing like ours. And God says, my ways, God's ways, are far beyond anything we can imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts, says God. Well, this might cause us to scratch our head. It might give us peace and hope, or it might do both for that matter. But I don't want to stop here. You can take those verses and you can read them over and over, and we're going to touch on them again in in a few minutes. You can put them in a little picture on your desk, if you will, and meditate on the fact of God's greatness in those verses. Um, But as I was thinking and praying, another uh, thought came to my mind as I was asking God, what do I share? And the other thing that I'm reading these days is the story of Abraham. And I love the story of Abraham. I haven't read it for a while, and so lately, the last, I don't know, 10 days or so, I've been reading through the story of Abraham and his journey with God. And these verses, Isaiah's verses, um, ring so true in the life and in the story of Abraham. When you read Isaiah 55 in light of the story of Abraham, it's pretty clear that God's ways are way bigger than our ways way bigger than Abraham's. Even though we hear Abraham is our icon of faith, he's the, uh, we hear about in, in uh, Hebrews that um, Abraham was, called, was righteous because of his faith. Hebrews chapter 11, which is a list of, of a number of people that we consider faithful servants, faithful saints of old. It was by faith, verse 8 of chapter 11, it says it was by faith that Abraham obeyed when God called him to leave home and go to another land that God would give him as his inheritance. He went without knowing where he was going, and when he reached the land uh, he, he was promised, he lived there by faith. He was like a foreigner, living in tents, and so did Isaac and Jacob, who inherited the same promise. Abraham was confidently looking forward to a city with eternal foundations, a city designed and built by God. Here is a man of faith. And yet, and yet, when you read his story, and you go back and read his story, it didn't always seem like Abraham was really, really trusting God all the time, did it? He made some poor decisions on his journey with God, and there were uh, some interesting twists and turns in his journey. And his story starts in, uh, in Genesis chapter 12. Chapter 12. It goes from about 12 to verse or to chapter 24. And the story that Abraham is known best for, of course, is found in chapter 22. When he gets tested by God, he gets his faith tested, um, and by God asking him to take his son up the mountain to be sacrificed. To build an altar and sacrifice his son, which is a crazy story. His only son the promised child who was to fulfill the covenant that God made with Abraham. And this Isaac would be the father of a great nation, right? A crazy story. I can't imagine being asked that. 
Well, Abraham did not start out with that kind of faith in chapter 22. He didn't. He did, however, have a deep trust in God, even though he wavered on his journey with God. And I think this is what makes this story really resonate with me. The reason I like it so much is he has this deep trust in God, and yet we see his journey up and down, up and down. He struggled. He did. Just like you and I struggle. We struggle on our journey. Genesis 12 is where his story begins, like I said. Verse 1 of chapter 12, the Lord had said to Abraham, leave your native country, your relatives, and your uh, father's family, and go to the land that I will show you. I will make you into a great nation. I will bless you and make you famous, and, and you will be a blessing to others. I will bless those who curse you and curse those who treat you with contempt. All the families on earth will be blessed through you. So Abraham departed as the Lord instructed, and away he goes. So Abraham hears from God and trusts him to lead him to a new land. He leaves his father and all his relatives, and he takes his whole family and all those who are connected with him. He's a very wealthy man. He's servants and livestock, and he takes it all with him, and he heads off to this new land called Canaan. And then from the second half of chapter 12 through to about chapter 21, we read about all the different stories that he encountered on this journey. Abraham and some of those stories uh, don't always have a strong faith in God element. They don't. Even though he trusted God, he wavered. Abraham takes things into his own hands because he's not sure if or how, God, how God's plan is going to work without his help, right? Or if God will come through for him. Just after he reaches Canaan, there's a famine. And so he heads to Egypt to ride out this famine. And because uh, he's, whatever, that seemed to be the natural thing to do. But when he's there, um, he's afraid for his life. And so he creates a story about who his wife is. And it's a kind of a half-truth, but he basically lies about who his wife is to protect himself. And... Uh, Basically, he's not sure and or can trust God that he will be protected in this place. And you can read that story in the second half of Genesis 12. Then, if you keep reading along, there's some other things that go on in his, in his journey. But then in chapter 5, or 15, sorry, Genesis 15, God promises Abraham a son. And that through that son, he would be the father of a great nation a people that are like the stars of the sky and the sea of the, sand, the, the sands on the seashore. Like, too many to count. What a promise. That's chapter 15. And then right away, chapter 16, we see Abraham take things into his own hands, and we read about the story of, of Ishmael. Sarah gives Abraham uh, her maidservant because she was not able to have a child yet. And uh, so she takes the her maidservant and says, here, have a child through her. Not sure that God will come through for them. So they take matters into their own hands. Hmm. Just after he reaches Canaan, there is that famine, right? 
and he's promised what's going on. Then God promises this, this, this uh, son that they're going to have. And then right away, they lose trust. They lose faith. She figures that Abraham could have a child through her maidservant to fulfill God's promise. And Abraham goes along with this. They take things into their own hands and not completely trusting in God's plan. And this choice has a huge consequence. Even today in the Middle East, you can see it. Well, this takes us back to Isaiah chapter 55. And if you read Isaiah 55, in light of the story of Abraham, pretty interesting. My thoughts are nothing like your thoughts, says the Lord. And my ways are far beyond anything you can imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. Does that fit right here into the story, doesn't it? God says, my ways are far beyond anything you can imagine, Abraham, Sarah. I've got this. Trust me. Trust me. What about for you? Can you hear God saying to you this morning, my ways are far beyond anything you can imagine, Brian. Or why don't you put your name in that spot? My ways are far beyond anything you can imagine. What are you wrestling with these days as you trust God? Are you trying to force God's plan into a box? Maybe you are wondering what his plan even is or why something is happening the way it is to you these days. Where is God in all this? I can imagine Abraham and Sarah wondering the exact same thing on their journey. Call us out of, out of, out of this land. You know, send us on this trip. We get there and there's a famine. Like we're going to die there. So they, they go down to eat. Like it's back and forth, and you see the whole story, and you go, where is God in this story? Let me share a little story from our family. Um, this takes us back to about 2017. And um, in the fall of 2017, and in the winter of 2018, our daughter Stephanie, who many of you know in our wheelchair here, beautiful little girl, young lady, um, she had two major uh, bowel obstructions, really scary, in the fall and then again four months later. And uh, just as we get out of that, we had scheduled or there was a scheduled uh, major uh, spine surgery in the spring of 2018. And for those of you that were around know the story, we went and did the surgery. She got two you know, metal rods put in her back with 24 screws to help correct her scoliosis that was going on. She gets out of that surgery and uh, a couple days recovery and we bring her home. It was kind of scary. We knew that, you know, the recovery was going to be nasty. And all of a sudden, her, uh, she can't keep eating food down and we're back in the hospital. And we spent the next almost eight weeks back in the hospital trying to figure out what's going on. 
and we prayed for her and we had lots of people praying for us and we're on this journey and we're going, man, it felt like Groundhog's Day. Every day was just, we were just lost in some of those days. Where was God in this journey? From about 10 months, from the fall of 2017 to that uh, summer, basically, of 2018, we spent something like 84 days in hospital with her. And crazy journey. And yet, through it all, we were trusting God that he knew what was going on, even though, even to this day, I don't really know all of that. Those were hard days. Those were incredibly hard days for us as a family. And I don't claim to have any clear answer for some of the things that go on in my life that God has given us or allowed us to endure and go through. And I don't claim to understand the things that God is doing in your life either. Some of the things that are unexplainable. I don't. Except that this God we serve, the God of Abraham, this God is a God whose ways are far bigger, far beyond anything we can imagine. They are. God's ways are far bigger than anything you can imagine. And I can imagine a lot. I'm sure you have a great imagination too. And God's ways are way bigger than that. Hold on to this truth this morning. No matter where you're at on your journey with God, hold on to this truth. This is so huge. We've come through this COVID season. I don't know, have we come through it? Or whatever. We've done COVID for a while, and some of us scratch our head what's going on in the world. We see Russia and Ukraine going at it, and the rest of the world's on, on, on high alert. Like, what's going on? Hold on to this truth. Hold on to this truth. The story of Abraham speaks to this truth over and over and over. And as the mistakes and the twists that Abraham makes on his journey with God teaches him of God's faithfulness, may we too learn that God, this God, is a God worth trusting. Always. Always. And that He is in your story. He is in your story. No matter where you are at or what things are, uh, are going on, what we've done or not done, He can redeem it all. And he can bring us out of all of these places. Just like Abraham is asked in chapter 22 to take his one and only son up a mountain to be sacrificed. Okay, that's a crazy ask by God. Abraham does this incredible journey with his son in tow and knife in hand looking into the rearview mirror of his journey with God and is committed to trusting God. God, even in this. And some way, somehow, this all is going to work out, he says. I can only imagine how he went over and over in his mind. It was a three-day journey, I think. And I can imagine he went over and over of the, the faithfulness of God and maybe the mistakes that he made when he didn't trust God and was looking at all of those in his rearview mirror of his life and going, This God is a God worth trusting, always. It did not make sense for God to ask Abraham to sacrifice his son, did it? And yet here he is up on that mountain with with the altar built, 
his son strapped down on the altar, and the raised knife in his hand. And then God says, stop. Stop. Then they find a ram up on a mountain in a bush. However crazy is that? They go, yeah, there it is. There's the answer. At the last minute. Take that ram and they sacrifice, sacrifice it instead. God's thoughts are nothing like my thoughts. His ways are far beyond anything we can imagine. Think about that in, in, in Abraham's life. He's going up the mountain, ready to sacrifice his son. And he's going over and over these thoughts. God's worth trusting. I, his ways are bigger than mine. I don't get this. This is craziness. I don't get it. But I'm going to trust him anyway. I'm going to keep trusting. I'm going to keep trusting. I made some really bad mistakes back there. God came through for him. So where are you at on your journey with God? Where do we all need to trust him? I want to do something um, as we close our service, or the message anyway. And um, the cool thing about Scripture is, is that you don't, just, you don't have to just stay in one spot. You can, like I did, use Isaiah with the story of Abraham, and it just sheds some cool light on that passage of Scripture. When you look at Abraham's journey and his life in light of that Isaiah passage and who God is, it sheds a new light on the journey of, of Abraham. Well, I want to read another little psalm to you. And I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. And I want you just to think and reflect on Psalm 23. In light of Isaiah 55, in light of Abraham's journey and his faithfulness and his whole journey through the wilderness in a sense. And I'm going to read it. And I want this to be a, um, almost a blessing. Receive it to understand this is the God we serve. Here it is. Remember, Isaiah 55, God's ways are way beyond ours. The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful streams. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. Remember, his ways are way bigger than mine. Even when I walk through the darkest valleys, even when I go through horrible, horrible things, tough things, dark things, I will not be afraid. For you are close beside me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And they protect me. You prepare a feast in the presence of my enemies. 
God, this good shepherd, prepares a feast in the presence of my enemies. You honor me by anointing my head with oil. My cup overflows with blessing. Surely, your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life. He's pursuing us. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Let's sing this last song in light of these words this morning.